It's Mailbag Monday here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Let's answer your questions. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, November 14th, 2022. This is Titan Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. Today is Mailbag Monday. And we'll be answering questions from our followers on Twitter this week. Uh, but first, before we get into those, Colby, let's talk about the giveaway that we're currently running. Uh, we are about a little under a month away from this thing ending, and it's a little bit of a tiered giveaway. So break that all <coughs> down for uh, some of the folks that might be new to our show. Yeah, so uh, just real fast, every time we reach a milestone on uh, YouTube or Twitter uh, and or Twitter, uh, we're going to give away some some autographed baseball cards. Um, somebody's already going to win this autographed Taylor Dollard card, uh, Texas League Pitcher of the Year. Uh, <clears throat> some uh, At 4,500 uh, YouTube subs, and we are about 100 or so below that. Uh, right now, somebody's going to win this numbered autographed Taylor Trammell card. Uh, we get to 3,000 Twitter followers essentially this one's for twitter um we're gonna go ahead and give away this really cool autographed uh numbered jared kelnick card it's a really beautiful card uh so just head over to uh twitter and uh we're about 500 off on that so we got some work to do underscore mariners yes we got some work to do there and then kind of the big one uh i think at least i would say uh we get to 5,000 uh subs on youtube and we're about 600 away so we have a month or so about three weeks to get you know make up some ground here but we are going to give away this cal raleigh autographed rookie card um it's also a very cool card uh and you know if, if you guys go crazy and we add about a thousand more subs from where we are right now uh, i'll actually go ahead and give away one of my favorite cards which is this autographed numbered mike cameron card uh Everybody loves Cami, uh, including us. And so if you guys can get us to uh, one more sub than whatever Locked On Astros has right now, we'll go ahead and we'll give away that card to somebody. So there's, you know, four or five cards up for grabs here. Uh, looks like definitely we'll give away two of them. Uh, but you guys got some work to do if you want uh, one of you guys to walk away with the uh, the really cool Cal Raleigh uh, autograph card or the uh, Jared Kelnick autograph card. And <clears throat> you're going to have to, you know, tell a lot of people to sub if you, if you want that Mike Cameron card. Uh, we got some some ground to make up there. but uh, And, hey, you know, if, if if you guys go really nuts, I've got an autographed and graded uh, Logan Gilbert card uh, that I will give away. It is a <clears throat> 9.5 Beckett uh, graded card. It is a 10 autograph, uh, perfect 10 autograph. Uh, it's a really cool card, uh, which is why the, the goal for that is so, so high. Because I don't want to give it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's ten thousand YouTube subscribers for that. Which I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say we're probably not going to reach that within the next three weeks. But uh, oh no, darn, <laughs> yeah. darn, shoot! Uh, I really wanted December to give away 8th, this awesome Logan Gilbert autograph card. The uh, 
the deadline to enter is uh, December 8th. Uh, that's the day after the winter meetings are completed. Mm -hmm. uh, and all you have to do to enter is to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's how we're going to be picking all of our winners for these cards uh, is through our subscriber list on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe. And that's all you need to do to enter in the giveaway. All right. So let's get into these questions. Starting with Sage, who asks, <coughs> have you heard about the Ronald Acuna rumors to Seattle from Atlanta? Thoughts on a trade for Acuna? How realistic is that trade? So, Colby, this all started with an account on Twitter called Ballcap Sports. <coughs> not to be... Uh, <laughs> Not to be confused with another Twitter account that goes by a similar name that is uh, famous for making fake tweets, fake news reports, all that. Uh, but uh, this one uh, apparently is a little bit trusted by folks in the Braves community. Braves fans seem to trust this account at least a little bit. Uh, I believe it had some information on Matt Olson last year before they swung that deal. Uh, and uh, this account tweeted that uh, Alex Anthopoulos, the uh, general manager of the Atlanta Braves, has been uh, talking to other teams about Ronald Acuna Jr., and he's received pushback from those from others inside the organization. But apparently he talked to the Blue Jays, the Orioles, and the Mariners <coughs> at the GM meetings mm -hmm. about Ronald Acuna Jr. So do we think this is uh, realistic at all, Colby? No. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it's possible that the Braves trade Acuna. I, I mean, that's certainly possible. Uh, but to the Mariners, no. It's not going to happen. There's a 0% chance it's going to happen. We will not address it any further. Uh, don't go down this rabbit hole, guys. It's a waste of time. And in the like one in one million chance that the trade actually does happen, just be, allow yourself to be surprised by that because um, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Also, we're, we're talking about also build the statue for Jerry DePoto and Justin Hollander. I mean, <clears throat> if you can do it without giving away like Cal Raleigh and Logan Gilbert, then yeah, yeah go yeah. ahead. But that's it, that's literally what's going to cost. Uh, you know, I think the guy also said that like Boba Shet for Ronald Acuna is on the table, um, is or is what like the Braves are looking for. Um, the Mariners don't have a Boba Shet to offer. It sounds like the way this guy worded it, it's they want sh uh, shortstop uh, in case they lose Dansby. Uh, but obviously for Acuna, you're going to want like a, a world beater shortstop. The Orioles don't have that, and the Mariners certainly don't have that. So it's no. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not saying the guy made it up, but I'm saying the guy made it up. I uh, maybe they're they're having discussions there, but like the pushback from the from others in the organization probably means that that's a, a moot point, right? He's already been told no, you're not trading Ronald Acuna Jr. And even if they did, again, like you said, it's probably going to be for like Bobochet plus. You know, it's not going to be whatever the Mariners can offer them because like it's going to be like Bobochet and Danny Jansen and a pretty good prospect, like. Yeah. The Mariners just the Mariners can't do that. Yeah, the Mariners can't match that because I mean, well, they can, but if they did they if they did, it would derail a lot of other things <clears throat> and it would create a lot of other issues that they would need to right. eventually address. And, right. And by the way, that's the same reason why the Blue Jays would be stupid for trading Bachette plus for Acuna, because now they have to go get a short it just no. Yeah. No. All right. So 
Uh, let's move on over here to Offshore, who uh, says, Colby, hit it. <coughs> who are you expecting to show uh, the most growth next season? Um, I guess I assume of the uh, players that are on the 26-man roster or were on the 26-man roster by the end of the season or 40-man roster, whatever. Mm. I was going to say hopefully you, but I guess if we're limiting it to players, um, I guess <laughs> uh, most growth next year. Hmm. It's a tough one. Um, it feels unfair to say Julio because he was so good this year, but there are things Julio can get better at. Yeah. Um, uh, Cal Raleigh, I think, is a guy who's we're going to see uh, fewer strikeouts from next year. Still a good amount, but fewer. Um, I wonder if, I don't know if growth is the right word for Robbie Ray or if it's just kind of like getting back to to norms. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of tough uh, to, because growth, the Mariners have a pretty, I mean, it's a good team, right? And a lot of good players, and you don't want to say that one guy is, can get significantly better when they've all had pretty good years, but I think the biggest uh, jump in terms of just from last year to the, or this year to next year, uh, I think I think there's another gear in, in Cal Raleigh. I think he can hit for some average. I think he can limit the strikeouts. I think he's going to get on base at a, about a league average clip. Like I would not be shocked at all if Cal went 240, 310, 320 um, with you know, 480-500 slugging. 30 home runs like I think that's totally possible uh, for Cal Raleigh and we started to see that uh, in the playoffs how you know how much better his uh, his uh, game plan appeared to be um, even just from August to September so I still think there's there's plenty of room for growth there uh, I think Cal Raleigh's making an all-star team next year and I, I think love it I think you know there's a there's a chance like a one percent chance he gets an MVP vote or two yeah. uh, at the end of the year. So I'm, I'm going to go Cal Raleigh. Great call. Uh, I have a couple <clears> of mine. <throat> One kind of falls similarly in line with your Robbie Ray prediction, Jesse Winker. Um, that's not necessarily yeah. growth, but that's kind of reverting back to what he was uh, previous right. to this year. So if it is true, that what the Mariners you know, front office said in their end of season press conference, that injuries really did impact his season this past year, then I think we'll see a much, much better Jesse Winker if he stays in Seattle. Uh, the other pick here mm-hmm. for me <clears throat> is uh, Logan Gilbert. I think we're going to see kind of a reinvented Logan Gilbert uh, this upcoming season with a more dependable secondary and tertiary offering. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Hopefully. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that would be amazing. All right. So uh, we got more questions to come, but just a moment. Uh, Let's talk about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online is where the game starts you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast thank you so much for making us your first listen let's talk about julio some daisy and the dingo wants to know do you guys see julio in the leadoff spot going forward or sliding down to the two spot 
Colby, I think this really depends on <coughs> who the Mariners add this offseason. If they add someone like Brandon Nemo, who's an elite, you know, on base guy, then yeah, you probably have that conversation about putting Nemo in the leadoff spot to help set the table for Julio. But for now, I'm going Julio one. Uh, yeah, it's this is a question that's totally dependent on uh, who they bring in. Um, also could vary between lefty righty on the mound. Uh, you know, they could bring in Nemo and still decide that they want Julio to hit lead off against lefties, you know, that type of thing. Um, so yeah, I think it's 100% dependent on, you know, uh, who they bring in. Uh, I do think they really like Julio in the leadoff spot. I think, and this is just guessing, I think they would really love to have Julio hit second, but they're only going to do that if there is that like premier setup leadoff guy um, that they can add. I, I, I don't think that they view the difference between hitting first and second as significant, but it would be better just, you know, with common logic. If you had a guy like Nemo who gets on base like, like 40% of the time, uh, lead up with a guy on base more often so Mm -hmm. um i i would say right now julio is definitely the the favorite and if they don't add like a a, like a legitimately great hitter um i i think he'll probably hit lead off for most of next year so sticking with julio uh kevin wants to know wondering what you think about julio's rookie season versus griffey's rookie season impact on and off the field slash on the organization as a whole love the show keep doing your thing well the first thing we'll say kevin is that neither of us were alive in 1989 (laughs) so uh we can't perfectly answer this question uh we can't really pull back you know from our memories back then because uh we weren't around uh but what i'll tell you is this you know griffey numbers wise in uh in 89 uh wasn't great right 264 329 420 106 wrc plus two and a half f4 i mean that's really good don't get me wrong just not what julio did this year yeah 19 years old like yeah 19 years old right different era all yeah he he was 19 years old yeah he's 19 years old it's a different era there's a lot of things that go into play here um Mm -hmm. you know julio meanwhile this year 284 345 509 146 wrc plus uh 5.3 f4 you know he was a 25 25 guy he won a silver slugger he's probably going to be the rookie of the year you know another thing griffey did not win rookie of the year uh in 89 either uh so and I, and I'm I know remembering that's... correctly, I think he mm. got hurt. He missed a, a good chunk mm. of his rookie year, too. But was 89 or 88 the year McGuire hit like 49 bombs as a rookie? So um, I think that was 88. Mm. Um, I, I think, though, like when you're talking about like statistically, yes, Julio was better. Like, I don't think there's any denying that. Right. Yeah. Did you find anything that would lead you to believe that Julio had a worse year than Griffey, r- worse rookie year than Griffey? Not really. Maybe defensively, maybe yeah. slightly defensively. But and, and and I know this isn't what the question was asking, like who was better. But like, uh, right. I, I think it's more about making the comparisons. And yeah, you know, Griffey really like his arrival began the first great era of Mariners baseball, the first truly great era mm-hmm. of Mariners baseball. And Julio is hopefully doing that. We have the hindsight with Griffey, whereas we don't with Julio just yet. So it's still it's right. it's a little hard to answer that but, like, question and right because we have the firsthand experience with Julio, but not with Griffey. So yeah, that's we kind of we don't have the full piece of the puzzle. Um, I'll say this based on what I know about you know the Griffey like rookie year and and how all that uh, came to be. 
Um, I think it was, I think it's probably pretty similar just in terms of the Mariners are a team worth talking about now, like nationally, because they have this young phenom that, you know, is he's got the big smile and he plays with incredible swagger and he's got, you know, power and speed and, and all of that stuff. They're both young at the time. So I do think that there is a comparison there between like, like <laughs> vibes, I guess, you know, just like yeah. this idea that like, Hey, the Mariners have something that's not only fun, but it's marketable and it's some, but somebody that you can build a championship team around. Uh, this is the face of your franchise. So I, I think it's yeah. very similar in that model. Um, you know, obviously, you know, in 89, they didn't have, you know, Twitter or, or the internet. Uh, so they really didn't have like the hype machines uh, like they do now. So it's, it's a little tough to compare eras and all that stuff. Uh, but I do think it's probably going to be pretty similar to the idea where Griffey made being a Mariners fan, like a cool thing to be. Um, I think Julio is going to do the same thing for a, for a new generation. So I think in that sense, they are, they're, they're pretty similar, but again, that's just based off of secondhand resources uh, in the, uh, for the 89 Mariners. I was, I was not quite born yet. So um, <laughs> I'm just going off of what I, what I know, what I read, what I've heard about, you know, Griffey's rookie season. Uh, let's talk some, uh, some off season stuff here. Uh, Ian says, you guys talked about Teoscar Hernandez, but what about a trade package for his teammate, Lourdes Gurriel Jr.? Extra year of control, albeit arbitration eligible. So, yeah, Gurriel is interesting, but he's a bad defender. Uh, he's a solid hitter. He just doesn't, like, at least this year, he didn't hit for a ton of power. He has eclipsed 20 home runs twice in his career, though. Uh, this past season, 291, 343, 400. Uh, he was worth just one F4. He's just he's a really bad defender. And do I want to trade for another Jesse <coughs> Winker, essentially, with less power, <laughs> less power potential? Yeah. I just I, I like I'm open to the idea because he is a good player. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but he also like he doesn't really walk a lot. Like he also doesn't really strike out that much. But like. I don't know. There's nothing that gets me excited here looking at Gurriel's numbers and just knowing what I've seen from him a bit here living in Toronto and watching some Blue Jays games here and there. I'm just not like, yeah, you got to get that guy. You have to get Lourdes Gurriel Jr. If they got him, cool. Right? Yeah. Like, like my reaction would be like, all right, you know, depending on costs, obviously, but I'd be like, all right, sure. But I'm not like, oh, yeah, they got Lourdes Gurriel Jr. That's a big difference maker. I just I'm kind of indifferent on it. What do you think? <clears throat> yeah, if he's like your fourth outfielder, like fine, whatever. Um, but if he's like if if like the Mariners come out and they're like, oh, Lord, we think he's going to hit like third or fourth. He's going to play 140 times a year. You're like, he's like the impact bat. Should all be furious at Cherry Depoto um, because he's lying to you. Uh, he's a good hitter. He's not a great hitter. Um, there's some similarities here to Mitch Hanniger. Uh just kind of, you know, <clears throat> bad defender, uh, but probably just good enough that if he hits, people are like, oh, he's fine. It's no, he's not. But um, he, basically, he's a cheap Mitch Hanniger is, is how I would view Lord Escuriel. So uh, if he is your, although I will say he's probably, you know, probably trust him to stay healthy a little bit more uh, than you would Hanniger. So. <clears throat> I mean, even that, like, eh. yeah, so yeah, it's it's yeah, one like of those was, things. He was hurt this past year, I think. Um, yeah, it just, the other thing too is those... like he just he doesn't have the power that that Mitch does because at least with no. Mitch you have power. Now you're also swapping the power for like 
six, seven percent more strikeouts, you know. But yeah, I said Gur. I just to me, Guriel is is like he's a good complimentary piece, right? But he's not in the same vein of Teoscar, where like Teoscar, you want him to play 140 times a, a year and, and get 600 plate appearances. Uh, Guriel to me is a guy who like ideally. 350, 400 plate appearances, and he kind of just rotates through a couple different positions. So uh, they should definitely consider it. He would definitely upgrade their bench and, and, you know, their their fourth outfield uh, spot, which is a very important spot. Uh, You need four to get through the year. So don't don't think that saying somebody's a fourth outfielder is a a dig at them. It's a valuable position. So if Guriel is like the the third best bat they bring in, Mm. okay. Now, you and I have talked about getting a first baseman that could play some outfield, uh, some Mm -hmm. corner outfield. We've talked about Will Myers. We've talked about Trey Mancini. Gurriel hasn't played a lot of first base, but he's played some, and he's played corner outfield. Like, he's stood out there, more or less. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So maybe maybe that's another option on that front. I would rather have Gurriel than Mancini, but Mm -hmm. I would rather have Will Myers than, than Gurriel. So... Yeah, well, because you got to, and people are going to take that and be like, "What you just want Will Myers over Lord Esguriel? It's also yes. like Will Myers is just I mean, going to cost like a little bit of money. Like it's not going to be much. It's going to be like six, I mean, seven million dollars. Also, no you're qualifier. Have to yeah. Yes, I'd rather have Will Myers and Lord Esguriel. Just no, just no qualifier, really. No, I wouldn't. I get a plus first baseman. I actually get a guy who's okay in the outfield. He's not a train wreck out there. I get base running. I get power. I get a few more strikeouts. Okay, so what? It's my fourth outfielder. People are out there, you know, clamoring for Cody Bellinger, but I'm the weirdo for being like, oh, well, Will Myers would be pretty interesting. Yeah, no, okay. I'd rather Will Myers is a better player than Lourdes Gurriel. Better fit, too. So that's my opinion. All right. Like I said, if, if either of those guys are like the, like, oh, he's the second bat we're bringing in this offseason, you should be mad because that's a joke. So Peter wants to know the early reliever market has been really expensive. It has my word. Are you seeing some of these mm-hmm. deals that have been coming across here? Woof. Yeah, a lot, it of, wasn't, lot of dumb teams out there. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't just Edwin Diaz. It's Robert Suarez. Like the the, the list is, is starting to grow and grow. Montero. And yeah, Rafael Montero made got what, twelve million a year. Twelve yeah. million a year. Jeez. Yeah. Like he was I really mean, good this year, but off of one yeah. really good year, man, that's that's a lot of money. Three years, like thirty five million bucks or whatever it was. Like, yeah. Nah. So uh, he uh, Peter asks, uh, do you think Depoto will pivot from his stated desire to augment the bullpen and ultimately sell, or more likely buy and sell from that area to improve the team overall? I think the latter. Yeah, I think he will buy and sell a little bit. I think if you know he can land something that maybe you know helps him offensively, he'll be open to Diego Castillo, Matt Festa, Penn Murphy, Paul Seawald, even. Uh, I don't think he will end up um, entertaining offers on on Andres Munoz or even Matt Brash, maybe. Uh, Brash, if teams are willing to trade for him as a starter, you know, and, mm-hmm. and putting starter value on him. Uh, but Brash as a reliever, I don't think they'll, uh, they'll be open to. Maybe Swanson, but... I really that quartet of Castillo, Festa, Murphy, and Seawald, that might be the 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 area that at least one of those guys ends up going in a deal. Because look, 
the reliever market is incredibly expensive. Not every team is going to want to spend that kind of money to help fix their bullpen. And while, yes, you know, Matt Festa and, and Penn Murphy, guys like that are kind of a dime a dozen when it comes to, to, to the bullpen, uh, when it comes to relievers, they're cheap. They're not making any money. Mm-hmm. You just have to give up, you know, prospect capital or a major league piece or whatever to, to get that. So if you find a team with some excess on their roster, maybe you line up. Yeah, <clears throat> those guys are cheap, but they also have a full season of track record that says they can pitch at the big league level. Yep. So while pretty much every organization has a, a Matt Festa in, in their, you know, triple a team, uh, we don't know if those guys can pitch. We think they can, but we don't know, you know who we know works. Matt Festa, Matt Festa won a whole year with like a 13 K per nine. Yep. Ken Murphy won an entire year with like a, like a sub three ERA and like a three, five FIP. Like we know that those guys can pitch. Um, but I, what I don't think you're going to see is I don't think you're going to see Jerry even consider paying a reliever. Yeah. Multiple guaranteed years at 10 plus million a year. It's not going to happen. What Jerry will do is he'll trade Paul Seawald and then he'll just go find another Paul Seawald. And it'll be somebody we've never heard of. And he'll be, he'll come up in May. Maybe it's the guys sub- that they just acquired. Maybe it's Gabe yeah. Spire. Maybe it's Easton McGee. <laughs> yeah. It might be like Luke. Weaver. It doesn't matter. Like, we know that Jerry and his staff are excellent at building bullpens on the fly. They really did it again this this year, right? Second rider wasn't working out. Eh, whatever. We'll just go to Penn Murphy, right? Like Swanson takes a huge step forward. Munoz becomes one of the most you know electric relievers in baseball. It's just they're good at that. So they're not going to spend Rafael Montero level money uh, because they think I, I guarantee you they think in their front office they're saying, oh well. We can just go get a Rafael Montero for $3 million a year. Like we don't need to spend $12 million to get name brand Rafael Montero. We'll just go to Walmart and go to the great value section and we'll get this guy for $2 million and they'll put up similar numbers mm-hmm. because they're good at it and they've done it repeatedly. So yeah, yeah, I, I think I think they will be open to trading from their bullpen, but they're not going to try and replace them with expensive relievers. They're just not going to do that. They don't need yeah. to. Yeah, I think really in terms of what they buy on the reliever market, if they get someone that you recognize, it's going to be via trade. Like it's not going to be yep. on the on the free agent market. Again, like paying for, paying that much money for relievers is is ridiculous. It's like it's bad baseball practice at the end of the day. Even you know, and I'm happy that Edwin Diaz got his bag and all that. That's awesome, mm-hmm. good for him. But twenty million dollars for a reliever, considering how volatile relievers are, and it doesn't even matter how good they are. Edwin Diaz is one of the greatest relievers I've ever seen in my entire lifetime. That said, I still wouldn't pay $20 million a year for him because I just don't know if he's going to collapse all of a sudden because it just, that's what happens to even the best relievers in the world. They might just blow up, right? Kenley Jansen was one of the best relievers in baseball for years and years. And now he's bad. Like, you know, it just, it happens. The time, like, bad, but I mean, he's he's not elite anymore. Bad relative to where he was. Yes. Uh, And that's, and that's the thing, right? Like, you just, you never know. You you never know with relievers. And so I just, I'm not comfortable with investing that kind of money in in that market. Even $12 million for someone like Rafael Montero, who posted a, you know, a 1 5 ERA or something like that and was insane in the postseason. Even then, I'm having some hesitancy there. Uh, let's uh, let's stick with the off-season stuff here, though. Nicholas wants to know about Chris Flexen. So John Morosi 
on uh, 710 Seattle Sports the other day said uh, uh, that uh, we should bookmark the the Rockies as a potential landing spot for Flexen because they do need pitching and they're being active and looking for pitching. And obviously the Rockies are weird and they don't do uh, anything uh, that you would think that they would do. Uh, but uh, Nicholas asks, uh, if Flexen did go to the Rockies, what would the uh, trade look like or what would you like to get from the Rockies? Again, because like the Rockies are weird, <laughs> who knows, right? Who knows what's actually available for Chris Flexen Plus, right? Because it's it's not just going to be Flexen that heads to Colorado or wherever he ends up landing. We've heard time and time again from folks like Ryan Devish that it's likely going to be Flexen and a package of prospects or something to help land an offensive player. So, I mean, you look at the Rockies, there really aren't a ton of options that I'm like, yeah, the Mariners should go get that guy. <laughs> Ryan McMahon is a fantastic defender and he hits a lot of home runs. Part of that is the cores effect, obviously. Um he can play second, he can play third, hits from the left side. That's interesting. I'm sure the Mariners really like Ryan McMahon. I mean, on paper, you're not getting Ryan McMahon for Chris Flexen and you know, whatever. Uh plus they just extended McMahon recently. I don't think that's going to happen, but also the Rockies are weird. So who knows? Brendan Rodgers is the other guy, right? Former top prospect, uh, plays uh, second base, has played shortstop in the past. Uh, his underlying numbers are a little bit better uh, than, than you would think. Uh, and he also, some of like his, his overall numbers are kind of dragged down by a, a rough start to the year and a rough end to the year. But the middle months of the season were really good for Rodgers. Uh, but that's also three years of control for an up-the-middle player. I just I don't see that happening either. The other one is C.J. Crone, but he's a one-year guy. He's a first baseman only. Hits for a lot of power, I'm sure. you know. And also, I think Jerry DePoto is familiar with him from their days in Anaheim. Uh, but And I'm sure that DePoto likes him, and I'm sure that they like C.J. Crone, but he also doesn't make a ton of sense for the roster either because he's just a first-base DH type. So... I just I don't really see a fit here with the Rockies as far as Chris Flexen is concerned, and Chris, right. and and Brendan Rodgers and Ryan McMahon really aren't the players that I'm like, yeah, you got to package like some prospects and Chris Flexen together and get that guy. I'm just I'm not really excited by anything that the Rockies have to offer. Yeah, I also think that this was a bit of a mm, a bit of an overblown. Uh, situation here. I think people are, are thirsty for for rumors and things like that. So, uh, but I think what the what the actual like when you listen to the the whole interview is like, hey, the Rockies are looking for pitching. Maybe they like Chris Flexen. You know, I, I think maybe it is the Rockies like Chris Flexen, but like you said, there's really not a, a tremendous fit here uh, between these two rosters. Uh, the, mostly because the Rockies roster is an absolute mess. It's a dumpster fire um, with lots of overpaid players. Um, so it's just, it's probably not going to be a, a good fit there. Maybe there's a three-team deal uh, where Flexen mm-hmm. lands in, in Colorado. But yeah, I just, I feel like this is just one of those things where it's like, hey, he said he said Chris Flexen and then he said the Rockies. Like, we have to find a way to make that work. And it, no, you don't. No, you don't. Uh, yeah. So I, I I wouldn't read too much into it. If, if Flexen gets traded to the Rockies, my guess is, is that it'll mostly be as a salary dump, which again, not ideal, but what are you going to get for Chris Flexen? Really? 
Josh Games wants to know, besides Julio, do you guys see a player currently on the roster being able to challenge for any of the triple crown categories in 2023? So batting average, home runs, runs batted in. Uh, the no. Short and simple answer is no. No. Uh, no. Not, not at all. Um, maybe Talk. Gino Suarez with the home runs? Maybe. Maybe. No. But I'm not <clears throat> feeling it. No. Well, you got to hit 50 to have a shot. Yeah, forty-five, fifty, probably not. Yeah, uh, no, with, with but, like uh, even if Judge leaves, like with Trout, Otani, like well, we don't know if Otani's going to stay in the AL. Seems yeah. like it, but you're going to have to hit at least forty to have a yeah. shot. And while Gino can hit forty, I don't think he's going to. So no, uh, the answer is no. All right, not last... not right now. Uh, talk to us again at the end of free agency, mm-hmm. but probably not even then. Lastly. Adam wants to know, is this a good time for the Mariners to change their uniforms with them being a good team and all-star game coming this year? And what color scheme should they go with? So this is something that uh, actually real quick, (laughs) I forgot to uh, make our declaration at the beginning when we talked about Ronald Acuna Jr. This just popped in my mind. That's the only time we're talking about Ronald Acuna Jr. folks. We're not answering any more Ronald Acuna Jr. <laughs> like questions unless that situation somehow, some way gets real. If we get Morosi or Passin or yeah. basically not John Heyman or Braves rumors, believe me, on Twitter. Like if, if we get a real reporter saying that that's a possibility, then we'll start talking about it again. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's the only time we're talking about Ronald Acuna Jr. on the show for now. For now, we'll see. Uh, all right, so uniforms. Um, this has been something that's been rumored for a while. Uh, we've heard uh, from, I mean, there was a like a leak on Reddit that was talking about it. Uh, we've heard from some people here and there over the last couple of years that it's in the works. I was even told uh, about last month that there's new uniforms on the way uh, that are likely going to be unveiled for the 2023 season. Um, I was told that it's going to implement the Trident more, uh, which for a lot of folks, that's going to be disappointing for a lot of folks. That's going to be really exciting. <laughs> it's a very split, uh, crowd there when it comes to the Trident. Um, I think it's still going to be heavy on the teal or the Northwest green, Northwest green. I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry. Northwest green. I'll get it right. The Northwest green and, uh, Navy. I think they're going to stick with those colors as their as their primaries. Mm-hmm. Um, You're such an uncultured swine, Ty. I don't. I don't. Of, of course, it's Northwest I co- Green. I, co- I committed the cardinal <laughs> sin. I committed the cardinal sin here. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, I think what's. I think we're probably going to get a new logo, um, and I think we'll get new uniforms. I don't think we're going to get a new color scheme. I think the yeah. color scheme actually fits really well. You know, navy, silver uh you know northwest green and i i think it's i think it's like actually called like captain gold or something like that but uh, i think the colors you see in the logo the all-star game logo Mm -hmm. i think those are roughly going to be the colors yeah i think we might actually see some gold accents like how we see in the all-star game logo um like the gold was small in the logo but it was mm -hmm. prominent like it popped so i think we're gonna see that yeah so i you know, the thing that I heard was like, they're really going to lean heavily on the Northwest green. I don't know what yeah. that means though. Right. Cause usually, <laughs> uh, cause usually, you know, uniforms, right. They're, they're white and then gray for, for yeah. the road. So like, 
if they wear a Northwest green uniform, that's just going to be the same as they do on Fridays anyway, right? right. Like, I so I By don't really way, know how they're going to implement that more. Maybe with the hat. But... Don't you dare do it with the pants. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, Northwest green pants. pants is where I draw the line. I'll just make that very clear. <laughs> um <clears throat> But by the way, they should wear the Northwest green with the with the road grays a lot more. That just, that that pops on TV. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of the early '90s uniforms. I know that there's that whole like, oh, why would you want to be reminded of an era when you sucked? And it's like, hmm, well, young Griffey, you know, like. Yeah. Plus, they look amazing. Like they just they look so good on TV, and that's really you, what it's about. You, you've seen you guys have seen me with the with the hat on. I'm I'm a big fan of the uh, the blue and gold with the with the ass. Yeah. Like, let's keep it simple. I like I like simple minimalist designs, especially when it comes to baseball. I I would I wouldn't mind like a modern take on like the old Seattle Pilot uniforms. I think those could look really good. So, yeah. um, basically, I'm looking for don't. Like I'm the guy who like liked Arizona's like weird doodad. I was like, oh, that's cool. I don't know if I want to watch it every single game. You know what I yeah, mean? So like, yeah. if, if you want to make like a cool futuristic like alternate like that, okay, cool. Like fine, whatever. Yeah. But uh, for yeah, I'm, I'm uh, you know, less is more. Sometimes I still think the best looking uniform is the Seattle Steelhead uh, uniform that they wear on uh, Salute to the Negro League uh, weekend. Yeah. Uh, those look so so, those are so fresh. They're yeah. just so clean. Um, so yeah, I, I think simple can be better here. Um, uh, but I do like it when teams kind of try to honor their past a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think if you're looking for like a surprise, I think maybe red gets featured a little bit, but I just, I don't really see it. I think the color scheme is going to be the all-star logo color scheme. And I think we're going to get a new logo, uh, new primary logo. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll see some noticeable differences in the kits but i don't think we're going to see like you know just like all gold or all all northwest green type of uniform i don't think we're going to see that yeah nothing crazy like that i don't want anything super futuristic looking like i don't want to i don't you know i might do i need to pull up the ben gamble do i need to pull up the ben gamble picture of him guns out in the well, future, no, 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 not tur- not turning ahead the clock. I'm talking more like Seahawks. Here, I got my Geno jersey, right? Uh-oh. I don't, Uh-oh. I don't want to, I don't want a font like this. I don't want this Uh-oh. kind of font. I don't want it. No, 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 no. I know I'm gonna get Uh-oh. a lot of hate for this. I don't, I don't like the Seahawks. The Seahawks, jersey. the Seahawks have the best uniforms in the NFL. I like, don't like that's a fact. I don't like, I don't like that's them. that's because you have no taste. <laughs> you just have no I, taste. Like I, I own a jersey because I love the Seahawks, but that's only because I love the Seahawks. I would not own this jersey if I was not a Seahawk fan. It's you just, guys, wow! And you I guys, for some reason, say you like tie more than me. It's insane. I don't. The guy like, has no taste. I don't, I don't like the sharpness of the fonts. I don't like. No taste. I, I don't want that. I don't want that. I just I like something smooth clean. and rounded numbers. Ooh. I, I want something clean, simple, like the Steelheads uniforms. Give me something yeah. like that. Ty's a big Russell Wilson guy, just so you guys know. Anyways, we got a wrap, so no, Ty loves no, Russell Wilson. No. Tighten, <laughs> hey, tighten up. Tighten up. <laughs> <laughs> Top 10 pick, baby. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're turning into 12s here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. We're, we're, we're 12ing it up now. Uh, but yeah, I just, I want something clean. I want something simple. We'll see how that goes. I, uh, the, I would like to other... make one request. Okay. No powder blue. Don't force it. Don't force it. Don't force it. Like if it makes sense, fine. Sh- yeah, but don't force it. 
but powder blue only like the Phillies and the Cardinals. And don't go all powder like blue because the then it looks like they're wearing pajamas. No, it looks like they're wearing pajamas when they wear those. It's dumb. <laughs> I kind of like surprise. The of course, the Canadian likes it. Well, go figure. I mean, Canadian for like four years, right? I'm U still a new S Canadian. A. I'm still a U fresh. S-A. I'm still a U fresh Canadian. <laughs> we're gonna get All right, we're out of here. <laughs> uh, lastly, though, on this, uh, we're probably going to get uh, City Connect jerseys as well, yeah. even if there isn't a complete rebrand for the Mariners mm -hmm. uh, uniform-wise this year. We're most like I'm pretty sure they're in line for the City I Connect I think they've jersey. already announced that it's going to happen. Yeah. So, all right. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, C A N E G N Z L Z, and Colby at CPAT11. That's C P A T 1 1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast featuring the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day. Oh, and by the way, folks, we will not be on tomorrow, but we'll be back on Wednesday. So we'll see you then. Peace.